Welcome to Porsche Pattern with Bracken Helms, the show where we hear Bracken and his distinguished guests from the Porsche community patter on about Porsches and all things automotive. Porsche Patter is sponsored by Circuit 64. Circuit 64 creates authentic automotive apparel made for like-minded automotive enthusiasts. The links for Circuit 64 are in the show notes. Okay, let's get to it. Larry Moulton, Part 2. As you learned in the first episode, he's been working on these cars for over 50 years, so he's seen it all. So my objective was to take him through and have him point out things that have changed, things that worked, things that didn't work, starting with the 356, going through with the 911s. This is the same interview, so still not awesome audio. But here's part two of Larry Moulton. I kind of wanted you to go over the evolution of Porsche, just some of the things that stuck out from each year, like as you went through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 356 is, we didn't have a lot of major problems with them. They were so simple. He just took care of them, changed the oil, did valves and, and things. Then they moved into the uh, early 911s, and they had a lot of problems. The first ones had these Stromberg carburetors on them that almost nobody could make work. They gave up on that right away. They had this weird axle setup that they came out. They were called a Della. They were like articulated U-joints instead of the CV joint we're used to. That went away. And then they just kept having problems with like chain tensioners and oil leaks. And so this, it was just a progression up through the 911 years. And when they got up into the into the uh, your car, the 73, they still had the early case in that, but they'd take a lot of the heat out of the motor, and then they made the, the uh, CIS ejection. The carburetor cars always ran well, but they changed all the time, you know, dial the tube temperature. But the CIS was a big jump. That fuel injection system really made it really good. So, what did you think of, like, the first uh, mechanical fuel injection? That was what on that? 67S? 68. Okay. It ran good when it ran, like an RPM, but it was really difficult to deal with. And at this altitude, it's even worse. They give you certain parameters to set it up. They just rarely ran it. We'd have to make it too rich. On They had two scales, low-end and high-end scale. So we usually had to get rid of the flat spots by increasing both scales over spec so we could get enough fuel in there to make it work. But they were really hard to work on. They were hard to set up. There was a lot to it. And we worked on, for, worked on them for a long time. And then we did, uh, used to send the pumps out when we'd have a problem with the pump in places that would rebuild the main pump. It was very similar <coughs> to like a diesel pump. You know, it was a mechanical pump that turned with a belt and pumped inside. And then in 1972, they, they tried to put an emission stuff in it. They tried to change all of the parameters in the pump and try to meet emissions and a lot, and then they were really hard to work on. It just, at this altitude, we always had problems. When you really got on them and got past that mid-range, they went really good. That bottom end flat spot was hard. Yeah, we had a lot of, even the carbureted cars, they had emission stuff on them. They started, especially in uh, 1970, with the 911T, and then we had the injected cars too. The T was carbureted. And they had some, they had uh, Zenith carburetors on instead of Weber's. And they tried to put this air overrun system in and then 
set them up for emissions and they changed the distributor curve, you know, how much advanced and how soon they got advanced. It was all for emissions. It was just, and they were behind the curve on the emissions, so it was really hard to deal with. And now, you know, it's like all other manufacturers, and everybody's got that down. But yeah. When mechanical injection went away, that was, that was good, because then we got into the CIS, and, and those were good systems. So the CIS, like obviously 73 and a half was the first year, right? Mm -hmm. And they just solely honed it in and did it get better? Yeah, it got a lot better. Okay. Because yeah. mine would be an early one, 74, so it's probably not dialed in perfect. Well, they all ran really well. Okay. They were just some little bits and pieces with them. They had some little, some little quirks, you know, hard starting. It was a few things with uh, residual pressures. When you shut them off, they held pressure. And if those check valves failed, then they didn't hold pressure. Or for some reason, something in the system did that, then the fuel would boil in the system, and then it was trying to catch up. And your car, when you turn the key on, the pump runs. Yeah. And later on, they changed that, so the car had to actually start, and it had to be running before the pump would continue to run. So they'd kind of prime it, and it'd start. Okay. So they did, did a bunch of stuff like that. But then the CIs got better and better, you know, up into the SCs. And it was always easy to work on. It's a pretty simple system. We did pretty good until we got to 75, 6, and 7. And then they got the California emissions, and they had the California cars that we got. They had 49 states cars, but everybody had a California car. And that's when they put the thermal reactors on the bottom of the engines and just increased the heat really bad. And, you know, valve guides wear out, the case studs would pull. And then they fixed that, you know, for better emissions. I asked Jerry Woods um, when I interviewed him if he liked the SC or the Carrera better. And he says, I don't like the SC as much because the CIS is a glorified garden hose. It just squirted and you couldn't really control it. Well, <laughs> I wouldn't want to argue with the CIS were great on the SCs. Okay. The CIS was called continuous injection. It had a head with one piston. If you held all the injectors in your hand and lifted the air valve, they would all squirt together. So they weren't tied in any way. But it ran great. Okay. I mean, we always, it was really reliable and it always ran good. So we've talked up to the Carrera. Let's go to the, the 964. A lot of, a lot changed. Well, it didn't look like a lot changed, but they said a lot changed. They did. Yeah, the 964 had better air conditioning. All, all the cabin stuff was different. You know, the outside ventilation. I mean, they went to coil springs all the, all the way around. Did a torsion bars. Changed some of the geometry in the back. We went to the 3.6 motor. And the motor ran really well, except it just leaked like crazy. That was the, they did two things with the downfall. They had a dual mass flywheel. It was a self-balancing flywheel that I never thought they needed, but it, that failed. It'd lock up and then vibrate all kinds of things. We had to place a lot of those. So it would have been better if they would have just done the single mass. We put steel flywheels in, and you couldn't even tell. Okay. And uh, anyway. They, st they kept building that clear up to where it is now. But uh, the biggest thing in the 964 was the oil leaks. And the Carreras had that fixed. 
like the covers on yeah. the engine where you cover the valve covers and all the stuff. They had a hard seal on them. You needed a hard gasket or a seal. And they didn't leak at all. They had very few oil leaks on the careers. They had a few on the 993s later. We'll talk about that. But the, the 964, they changed all the way they sealed the engines. And they just leaked like crazy. They had a bunch of recalls all over. It was a nice car to drive. And uh, if you spend the money and reseal the whole engine and uh, do the updates on it, then you can pretty well stop the oil. It's very expensive. Yeah, I know the 964 between it <clears throat> leaking oil and, you know, I think the Porsche customers were getting used to their car not leaking oil. Mm -hmm. And then the 90s were really rough economy-wise. Yeah. And so the 964 was like put out for a long time, but now it's like the cat's meow. People want it. People love the 964 now. Yeah, if you fix those problems, you fix the oil leaks and the, like the clutch and a few minor things, you're a great car. Okay, and then moving into the 993. 993 is really a good car. They did a lot of improvements, very few oil leaks. The only oil leaks we had that I could say was somewhat routine was the about lower valve covers, which was pretty simple. And uh, they went to the hydraulic lifters. Air conditioning worked good. They handled well. You know, they went to the uh, that kinematic rear suspension that was you know self-towing and stuff. It was really a great car. Transmissions were really good. Transmissions in all those cars. You remember the old backing up, the old 901, the synchro mesh bonds, and then in the SCs, you know, the 915, and then they fixed it with the G50 and the 87. It just got better and better. All those components just got better. The 993 is really a nice car. How did you feel when you went from a 993 to the 996 showed up? Well, <laughs> I guess if you want to be really honest, the build quality was night and day. I mean, you could take the door panel off. 993 had a real heavy metal gear-driven window winders to lift the window. 996 had pulleys with a piece of, looked like metal fishing line. And just everything about the car was just, they just cheapened the whole car. It drove good when they were new, but they just did not have the build quality or the feel that the older 911 had. And then they had a lot of issues. You know, as soon as they started putting water in the cars, and we got, you know, water pumps, water leaks, all kinds of issues. Then you got the infamous, what's the bearing? IMS. IMS bearing. You got that. And then you got the clutch, a few clutch problems and stuff. But mostly it was, you know, the car was just not built like the old model. Yeah. If they'd have built the, if they'd have built the motor so it was stronger, like the, the second generation 911 engine, the G2, the 2004. Well, 2008, 2009. Oh, okay. I thought you were talking about the GT3 tur no, turbo motor. Yeah, they cut. Well, if they kept that too, even the lower, the old motor, or, or built the one they did in the, in the second generation in 2009, they took that IMS out. But, but that was always an issue. So this is a, this is a question I have: Is the motor in the GT3 and the turbo related to previous cars? Well, that car, the bottom end in that. 
basically bottom end, which actually the crank case, all that stuff, from the first 911 was pretty much the same through the turbo line and clear up into the GT3s. And I think it was probably, I might have my date wrong, but they, they changed the GT3 engine in... Uh, it was the 991. But it was right in there where they changed from one to the 991 style motor and dropped the old... Yeah, because I remember the 9972 turbo went before the GT3. Because mm-hmm. the last turbo was not a Metzger. Yeah, the, Metz- the Metzger was the one that was so good. And you could, you kids couldn't hurt it. So, yeah, I mean, while we're on the 996, I had um, well, someone I know told me the story that had dealt with a lot of air-cooled cars, said the first time that they saw a 996 was Steve Clifford's, mm-hmm. and it was sitting right next to a 993 C2S, and he just sat there in horror, and, <laughs> and then he made a call, he made a call, and he, he told his friend or something, I don't know who he called, but he called someone and said, like, maybe his friend's rich, I don't know, he says, you need to start buying all the air-cooled cars, because it's over. <laughs> That's why there were so much now. Air-cooled cars are just crazy. You know, it's just everybody liked them. Which is good and bad. Yeah. I mean, good that I already bought mine. Mm-hmm. Bad that, like, you start seeing the prices go up and it kind of affects the way you want to drive it. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, my God, there's a rock. Yeah, I know exactly what it means. Did it get much better the first 997, or yeah. most of it got fixed in that nine, the second generation when went, they went to the yeah, 2009? They, they got better and better. Okay. And the car got better. And, you know, everybody had the impression that every car with an LMS bearing blew up. Yeah, that wasn't the case. It was a small percentage. Yeah, I think it was like someone told me five to seven percent. Yeah, that's not. That's pretty close. Yeah, you know, we had quite a few of them over the years, but you know, not like everybody was so afraid of. They got better and better. I like the nine nine seven car. You know, it was just it was still small. It was really sporty. I just I like the nine nine seven. My dad doesn't like the 997 because he says the tire noise drives him oh, yeah. completely bonkers. He's told me that several times. <laughs> we all have our own opinions. But I, I like the 997. That car was really normal. It was really fun to drive. So th- this you kind of started talking about a minute ago. Thought, thoughts on seeing the first Porsche? Well, in those days, they were just, you know, everybody was so enamored with them because they were so different. The reputation Porsche had from racing, you know, it was just legendary. That's where Porsche got all their, everybody just loves Porsche and this big mystique with Porsche. And a lot of it came out of the racing. It's like the 911. I always told people if they have equipment in the 911, that should, except for SUVs now, that'll be the end of the sports cars. Because yeah. <laughs> that's the only one that ever got accepted and it's still accepted. The 911 style car. So, thoughts on seeing the 911, because you, you've been at it in the 356 days, so the first time you saw a 911. It was cool. You know, it still had that 356 feel, you know, the overall shape at the top and whatever, and then the six-cylinder engine, and, you know, it was bigger, fast. For those days, it was really fast. My 67S was a two-liter, and they had around 180 horsepower, I think it was, it was that was a fast car for 67. It really, really yeah, I read an article. I think it was in Triple Zero. I don't know. Anywhere. I read an article recently on uh, when the S first came out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, 
I think now we look back on it as it just was a little bit more of a peppy 911, but it was like really fast for its time. Oh, it was. Yeah, it had different cams, had higher compression, bigger carburetor. It was a serious car. I was going to ask you, but you already answered. Thoughts on first time you saw a 930, because that was oh, pretty yeah. radical. The 930 was just, the turbo car was something else when that came out. Unfortunately, like the rumor has, they wrecked a lot of them because <laughs> they were so fast and a bit evil. Yeah, Widowmaker. Yeah, and it's true. If you didn't, you didn't take care of it, they had a huge turbo and a lot of turbo lag. The 76 didn't have an intercooler on it. It got better and better, but it still had the same characteristics of driving it. So they got a few of the different turbos. What other cars do you remember seeing for the first time that kind of blew you away? Well, I think the first slope loads cars. Okay. Yeah. That was really radical. <laughs> they were really cool. Yeah. You know, for a street car. Right. And uh, like the 964 Turbo S slope loads, I think they only built like 100 of them or 50 of them. Yeah. We had a couple of them in town. I know there was that black one that was... I saw it when I was little. Mm-hmm. It was on the down in Dave Strong's on the showroom, and then it was bought back or whatever because it was back there when I was probably so it was probably like ninety nine. You guys had it back on the showroom, and I remember taking pictures of it. both times it was there. Yeah, yeah, I remember that car. And then Hal Wing down in Pro, he had a red one. Yeah, I saw it. <laughs> I saw it in the back of Dave Strong's probably like eight years ago yeah. with the engine taken out of it because it. Yeah, I, I was fixing. They decided to get the brilliant idea to put a turbo boot, a turbo inline restrictor to get more boost out of the turbo. And I kept telling him, this isn't a very good idea. And then he came up with this thing that moved the timing on it. The timing is a little pickup on the flywheel. And somebody made a bracket that moved it that advanced the timing. So I told him, you're going to run the timing ahead with all this boost, and you're going to go with pump gas. And it lasted about a week and blew a hole right to the top of the piston. So detonation, I, that's what I was doing too, was putting pistons in it. Okay. But there's a, a red 964 Turbo S slope nose on this. I think it's still on the show. Got a Porsche right now. Got 7,500 miles on it. They went like a million to They'll probably get it. Yeah. <laughs> but they were really fast for the day. Really fast. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, comment, like, and share with your friends. Feel free to send questions or suggestions to the email in the description of the show. Special thanks to our sponsor, Circuit 64. Goodbye for now. We hope we can get together again for our next episode. Now get out there and enjoy the cars and the people.